praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. What a glorious thing it is to be children of God. Amen. To be able to share the glory of God is such an awesome thing for us as mortals. <clears throat> when you think about something that the angels of God are not allowed to partake of, but yet we redeemed mortals can partake of something that is so sacred, so holy, of the glory of God. We're a blessed people, aren't we? <clears throat> this is Jesus saying, we've been looking at it, I know, for several services, but I want you to listen carefully again to these scriptures tonight. And as we read them, I want you to think in mind now what, what the Lord Jesus is referring to. When we read these scriptures about the church and what the church is, read it with this in mind. We're talking about the government of his body. The government. So according to what Isaiah said, the government will be upon his shoulders. And his shoulders are not angelic beings. It's the church. So when we read this, keep this in mind now, that the government of the kingdom of God on the earth is the church. Not the man-made system, not denominations and all that we know, but the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Think how important that the church is to the Lord Jesus. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Of course, and the prophet quoted this scripture many times. He said, it goes to show the gates of hell will be against it. Though it is against it, it will not prevail. We believe that, right? That it will not prevail. 1 Timothy 3.14. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Now we've been reading this word for, for several, several services, but it's the word ecclesia. And listen what it is, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place an assembly, in a Christian sense, an assembly of Christians gathered for worship in a religious meeting, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And the word ground is to stay, prop, or support. So this is what the true church is. Now this is also facts, what I'm fixing to say to you. The majority of so-called churches around the world, their buildings could be annihilated, their memberships destroyed, their headquarters obliterated off the face of the earth, and the kingdom of hell would not be one bit stronger. Neither would the kingdom of God be one bit weaker. Because many of what we call churches today 
are not the church that Jesus built as his own. Right? Now remember, it's not what you and I say a church is. It's not our opinion. Well, I think a church, you have no opinion. Now you may to yourself, but not to God. It's not what I think. It's not what any of you think. It's not what any board thinks or anybody else. This is Jesus making, not ours. So Jesus doesn't even claim many of these that say that there are churches. All they are, the prophet defined them, and he said they were lodges. So the way God looks at it, it's no different than a moose lodge, an elk lodge, a deer lodge, a cow lodge, a dog lodge, a cat lodge. It's just a lodge. That's all it is. Now they may have, they may have his name on the sign, but just because they put it there don't mean he put it there. And let me say it to you like this. If the Lord God has not put his name among us, we're no different than they are. We may say, well, we got a message church. And what does that mean exactly? Because we say we believe God sent a prophet and we, we quote the prophet on the occasion or whatever more and we think we're a church on that basis. We're only a church of the Lord Jesus if the Lord Jesus himself establishes it. And then we truly represent him and we are doing his bidding and what he says. I hope and pray with all of my heart that's what we are. One day, the showdown will come. It's not going to be a Mount Carmel. It's going to be a Mount Zion. And when that showdown comes, only the church that Jesus himself has built will go on the rapture. All others will be left here. I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to me. How many wants to be a part of the church of the living God. You have a need tonight, you would like to be remembered in prayer. We have uh, many that are sick, of course. I'm sure that most of you have heard that Brother Scott Airwood had a, an accident yesterday. Someone hit him and totaled his truck and uh, we're grateful that our brother uh, had some fractured ribs. We're not grateful that he had that, but we're grateful that he didn't have any more than that. You ought to see the pictures of his vehicle. It was the grace of God that was with him. So we want to just remember him that the Lord will just be with our brother and strengthen him. You hold your request in your heart tonight and let's just pray together. Truly, Heavenly Father, it's one of the greatest honors and privileges of our life to be able to stand in your presence. We, Lord God, have access to your throne, access to your heart, access to your ear. Whenever we call upon your name, you hear us when we pray. What a privilege. Our president, no matter how the world may look at him and think he's such a great man and people in America may think he's such a great guy and emperors around the world and kings and queens, but it doesn't even mean when they talk, you pay any attention whatsoever. But a son or daughter of God can call upon your name and heaven listens. How privileged we are, Lord God. We bring our needs, our requests before you tonight, Father. We're asking you for our brother Scott, Lord, that you just be with him and strengthen him and bring healing to his body with these fractured ribs and things that happened to him. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your grace to him. 
Lord, we know we got many things that are, that are going on as far as um, COVID and flus and this and that and the other. And Lord, I heard from Brother Tim Pruitt today and they just had a meeting and Lord, they had a lot of different things affect their people there. They had to cancel church tonight. We pray for them, Father, that you just move for every one of them, Lord. We know, dear God, that we're human beings and being your children, it does not mean that we're exempt from these things, but it does mean that you're with us and you'll help us and you'll touch us. So we pray that you'd be mindful of us. Help me, Father, that I can get out of the way tonight. Speak through me, Lord, your words, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's a law of God and a principle of God that I'm sure that a lot of people in Christendom in this day does not understand. It's evident by the way that they live and their reaction to God's messengers. But it is a law of God to be able to hear God's anointed. Now, whenever I say anointed, I don't mean someone that's just anointed to be able to pray for the sick and signs and wonders and things like that happen because people can be that and still be false, of course, in their doctrine. But I want you to watch this in spoken words, original seed. And the prophet here is referring to Isaiah 9 and 6. And it says, unto us a child is born, a son is given, his name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And the government shall be upon what? And the congregation replies, shoulder. That's the part of his body. That's his body, is it? His shoulders in his body. Where's the government on the earth at? In his body, saints shall judge the earth. So if the Lord Jesus has a government in heaven, and we believe he does, he also has a government on the earth. Because right now we are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven has not yet come upon the earth, but it will. But we are in the kingdom of God. That's why the scripture says, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. But we're longing for the visible kingdom of heaven when heaven will come down. So if the kingdom of God is here, then there must be a government by which that kingdom will operate. You cannot have a kingdom without having a government. You agree with that? So in that government, there will be offices, there will be people, there will have to be, of course, magistrates, as we would say, people that will be in certain capacities to be able to do certain things. There will be those that will be musicians. There will be those that will be singers. There will be those that will be great authority given to them. And there will be some that will be given, we'll call them church-age messengers, stars in the right hand of the Lord. Now watch, he says, in his body, saints shall judge the earth. Paul said, I dare you to go to court with one another and not take it before the church. That's right. See, saints shall judge the earth. So where's the government going to be upon? Upon the shoulders, his body. The government upon his shoulders, that's a part of the body. What is it? His earthly strength. His earthly strength, God's earthly strength is his word made flesh in his body here on earth. 
So God's earthly strength is his word made flesh in his body on the earth. Now you can see why that so much in this day, more so probably than any other time that has ever been, that Satan has such an onslaught against the church of the living God. He is against the people of God gathering together in a place set aside apart from their homes, them coming together, leaving their homes, coming together, praying, assembling together, worshiping, praising the Lord, turning in prayer requests, hearing the word, raising their hands and praising God. Isn't it amazing that we have a multitude It's like been an explosion in the last 25 to 30 years of home groups that have risen up all over the world. Now listen to me carefully, not just message people, but people that are doing private home Bible studies, private home gatherings, but they really don't want a leader. Now, what they want is everybody to just get together and we're all going to talk about it and we won't have no leader and we sure won't have no preacher and we sure won't have no deacons and no trustees because we don't believe in all of that. We're going to be free from all of that. And yet they think they're getting God's mind. They're getting a God's mind, all right. But it's not the God. It is the God of this evil age. And you'll notice what happens in a lot of these types of settings that what it does, it frees up the position and the place to where more women can come into the preeminent part. Now, of course, they're not gonna take the scriptures to where that the women are not supposed to speak in church. And they naturally, if they're gathering in a home or just a little meeting like that, then, you know, it's not exactly a church setting. So the women can get up and expound a little bit on the word. And the women can kind of take over. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, they despise the government of God in that God committed from the fall in the Garden of Eden that God committed the government of the Old Testament body as well as the government of the New Testament body into the care of sons of God. God never ordained a woman preacher. Now I can preach and say amen if necessary, but it'll look better on your all's heavenly resume if y'all say amen too. God never ordained women deacons God never ordained women leaders in the church, but God called men to lead his church. Praise the Lord. Now, can women have the Holy Ghost? Absolutely. Can they have gifts? Absolutely. But they're not gonna be God-called preachers because God never breaks his word. So you can see then why that a lot of them would wanna have just private home meetings and have little things like that to where that the government of the church does not apply to them because of course most of them would look at Paul and say that Paul was an old woman hater. 
And Paul said that women were to keep silent in the church and if they want to learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Well, of course, that ain't gonna go over good in this bobbed-haired, painted-faced, mini-skirt-wearing, Jezebel religion of the age we're living in because the women feel like they've been free. I'll tell you one thing. Paul gave the women of the New Testament more freedom than they had ever experienced in their life under the law. Them women really knew what freedom was, but it wasn't freedom to do what they wanted to do. And it wasn't freedom to live any way they wanted to live. Praise the Lord. But God gave them real freedom. And the only freedom that there really is the real freedom is freedom in the word of God. Freedom to worship. Freedom to praise him. Freedom to live our lives according to the dictates, not just of our minds and our opinions, but the dictates from God's own heart. So you can see why then that God's earthly strength, I remember what the horn in every age was to do. The horn in every age was the church, which was the mystical body, which is given to protect the lamb's rights. So the lamb has a right to have a church, a church body around the world. He has a right to fill his people with the Holy Ghost. The lamb has a right to have a group of people on the earth that he can prove that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. To prove that he wants to heal the sick and cleanse the leper and raise the dead and cast out devils. Y'all gonna say amen with me. That's the lamb's rights. Then it's our responsibility to protect the lamb and say, you know what? We as his people are gonna protect the lamb's rights to have that in so much that we're gonna give him our bodies to prove it through us. Now, am I here to convince everybody in the Tri-Cities area? I am not. Am I here, am I gonna go to every church in the Tri-Cities and try to convince them we're right? Nope, I'm here to get those that God wants us to reach. Now, there may not be but one more in this city that maybe we're supposed to reach. There might be 500, there might be 5,000. I don't know how many they're gonna be, but I pray weekly that God will let us run across their paths so that they can be born of the Spirit of God and we can get ready to leave this hell hole. Because I don't know about you, I'm getting more sick of this place every day. Every day, it's a more unfit place for us as the people of God to live in. But until that hour arrives, I plan on tormenting the devil every day that I'm here. <coughs> now notice how, how the prophet divides his earthly strength from his heavenly strength. Who would ever thought the Lord Jesus would have wanted earthly strength? But remember now he's gonna build a church and this church is gonna be the conveyance by which he will demonstrate his earthly strength. So it's very important to him that he have strength on the earth and that strength will never be recognized by the world. But notice he said, what is it? His earthly strength, God's earthly strength is his word made flesh. So listen carefully now. God's earthly strength is not just us passing out Bibles. And we do that. We have printed thousands of Bibles around the world. You don't realize it. 
but you have helped put Bibles in the hands of many, many people that never even owned one. You have helped print thousands of seal books. You have helped print thousands of Christ the mystery and token and all kinds of books and put it into the hands of believers. But we want more than just printing them books and putting them in their hands. We want the context of those books to be made manifest in their lives. Because notice this same prophet that we're printing his message does not say just passing the books out and passing the tapes out is his earthly strength, but it's when what's on those books and what's on those tapes becomes made flesh in those believers, that's when it gains its strength. Oh, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you realize that? So the earthly strength of the Lord Jesus is when the word is made flesh in us. How many wants that with all your heart? The word made flesh. Now notice this in page 114, paragraph five. He said, this is the law of God. God's law is to receive a vindicated servant. Now watch how that Laodicea wants to undermine this position of God's prophet of the age, of course, and then the other men of God that come underneath the teaching of that same ministry in order to talk to people into breaking this law of God. Now, Satan knows he cannot make you do anything. He knows that he cannot overpower you. He does not have enough power to make you do one thing you don't want to do. He knows that. We still don't believe that, I don't think. I think we almost make the devil like God, that he's got all this power and he can make me do this and he can make me do that. He's lying to you. He cannot make you do anything you don't want to do. If you don't want to do what he wants you to do, then tell him no and resist the devil and he will flee from you. You don't have to mind him. Your goal is to mind Jesus Christ, not the devil. Oh my. Now listen, this is a law of God. God's law is to receive a vindicated servant. Now the prophet then reads St. John 13, 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receives, whosoever I send, receives me. But now notice again the home group things and a lot of things that people are doing. There's no one servant that's there. They all become, you know, just sort of like Quakers. That's the way the Quakers did, you know, years ago. They really didn't have a pastor in the sense that a pastor got up and preached. And y'all familiar with the Quaker religion? Well, what they do, they gather together in a building and the preacher wouldn't just necessarily get up and preach every service, but they just kind of gather. And they may sit there, the preacher don't want to get up on the platform, but they just kind of sat around and hum and sing a little bit and just see who's got something to say. Well, you might jump up and say something, then you might jump up, then you might jump up, you might jump up. Lord, sound like a lot of jumping to me, but I wonder what's said. So you see, Satan knows the law of God is such an important thing. He wants to try to get people who go to church to break this law of God. And what is the law of God? To receive a vindicated servant. 
Notice now the words of the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear Now remember the Lord Jesus speaking to the disciples. They are disciples before they are apostles. Listen carefully to that. They are disciples before they come into the office of apostleship. But the words of disciples before they even get the Holy Ghost were so important to the Lord Jesus that if you did not receive these men, you did not receive the Lord Jesus himself. Now this is prior to receiving the Holy Ghost. Matthew 10, this is when he sends them out two by two. So if it was that emphatic and that powerful and it was the law of God existing already prior to the Holy Ghost receiving, then how much more is it after these men receive the Holy Ghost? Now this is the order of Jesus Christ's church. Now how many churches are built on this order? Praise the Lord. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now I want you to think of what the Lord Jesus is comparing people that refuse anointed men of God to. There will be more grace given to a bunch of perverted sodomites than it would be a religious group of people that turned down God's vindicated servants. Now, I debate with that. You ain't got no right to debate with it. The Lord Jesus said it. I didn't say that. Some, some other man didn't say it. The Lord Jesus said it. Now remember, these men didn't even have the Holy Ghost yet. So they were given the anointing, and remember the, the word excusia, but also the power, it's two different things. So one is a jurisdiction or a power that is given to them by representation, which is what they're operating under. But it's not uh, something generating from within their soul. That did not come to the day of Pentecost. But they were so administering as an ambassador. Look at what they were representing. So they were an ambassador. Now remember when America or the rest of the nations of the world send an ambassador and say we send one and we send him to Israel, we send him to Jordan, we send him to Saudi Arabia, Qatar, we send him all around the world and though he may be a small man in stature, he may be a little bitty guy, his nose might be crooked, his ear, one ear flop down like this and the other and stick back like that, his teeth may be as crooked as a dog's hind leg, he may not have much of a be able to talk and this and that and other but every missile we've got is behind that man. Every grenade, every tank, every man in the army, the Navy, come on saints, the Air Force, that man, and if they was to kidnap that man, then every American citizen is standing behind him. Now that's the way we look at it as a nation. What about God? Can you imagine those seven stars in the right hand 
of the Lord Jesus. And some of these little two before preachers that want to take that prophet out of that position and place themselves in there, are you insane? Brother Ron Spencer's a great man. He's probably listening to me now. Brother Tim's a great man. I can see that million dollar smile on Ron's face now as he's looking over at Sister Connie. Brother Tim's a great man. Other great men around the message. But they wasn't none of them that was in the right hand of Jesus. Donnie Reagan, baloney. I ain't never stood in the right hand of Jesus. There ain't not another message preacher that ever was there. But our church age messenger stood there. So to reject that prophet, do people understand what they're doing? Brother Don, you're trying to scare people? Only telling you the truth. If I can scare you in, somebody else can scare you out. Now notice, verily, verse 15, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. Verse 40. He that receiveth you. Receiveth me. And he that receiveth me. Receiveth him. That sent me. So he that treats you kindly. He that actually received. Notice now here Jesus doesn't even go on to say. Your doctrines. Your correct formula of Baptism but they receive you, the person of these God called men. Look at how the Lord looks at this law of God when it's enacted. So if the people of God receive an anointed servant of God, the Lord Jesus looks at that as if though they are receiving him. You can imagine then how it is when the people turn away that servant. Oh my goodness. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. So they treat you kindly. You know, Jesus saying they're receiving me and I will consider that kindness as if you did it to me personally. All right, now let's turn it around then. So what if they refuse that servant? What about those that want to say our prophet messenger was a false prophet? They're calling the Lord Jesus himself false by identification with the office. Then those that would choose a false teacher over a true anointed servant of God. And it's always been, people's always done it. But they don't recognize that when we stand before the Lord that day and all their lives is going to be projected on a screen, as it were, and there will be the very moment that they walked out from under the administration of John, of Paul, of Timothy, of Titus, of Luther, of Wesley, of Pentecost, of Elijah, and every other man of God that they forsook. And then they joined themselves up with some other man that claimed to be a prophet. As someone, a preacher friend of mine had called me last night and was telling me of of a certain video that someone had sent him in another country, many, many thousands of miles away from here. 
And the preacher was standing up and telling them, a message preacher so-called, standing up and telling the people that he was the fulfillment of Revelation 8.1. That he was, they had gone beyond Revelation 10.7. They'd gone beyond the seventh angel messenger and that he was now that great fulfilling. And the brother told me, Brother Donnie, he said, there in that clip, I saw look like thousands of people as they were screaming and hollering and almost like making an obeisance and a worship to this man. I don't have a problem in believing that since I stood at that church in that church several years ago and preached and saw the spirit that was there. You see, to turn away from true anointed men of God, how God looks at it as personal. He looks at it as as personal. That's what he says himself, and that's not my word. Notice Jesus goes on to say, now let me say this before we leave this, that do you understand that you have the opportunity every day to do something kind, nice, thoughtful to the Lord Jesus himself. When you've done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me, he says. That ain't just preachers. How many of y'all would buy Jesus a pair of shoes if he needed them? A pair of clothes? What about if Jesus was hungry? Would y'all buy him something to eat? Jesus needed a place to live. Would you buy him a house? He never owned one when he was here the first time. Would we have built Jesus a house? We were living here in, in, in that day and we had the finances to do it. Would we? Would we build him a house? We would. Well, I wasn't living then. But by his grace, we have been allowed to build him houses all over this world. Where he and his children can gather together. Amen. And there meet and worship and pray and hear his word. Oh, glory to God. I can't wait for that day to arrive when you walk before him. And he will say, thank you. And you'll say, for what, Lord? You built this church. You done this. You, what, Lord, we didn't know nothing about that. We didn't know nothing about that when you'd done it to the least of these, my brothers. You'd done it to me. Notice in verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought all the prophets, them dispensation ended in the Old Testament. And yet Jesus is still referring to it as if though there's gonna be more prophets in the future. Instead of he that received past tense and oh yeah, there won't be no more. No, Jesus knew there's gonna be more in the New Testament. He that receiveth a prophet in the name 
of a prophet. So he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet. <laughs> now notice what he's going to get. Shall receive a prophet's reward. I love it when somebody, was in 1964 in question and answers, whenever they asked Brother Branham about the scripture. And he said, well, what that means is you can be a friend to the prophet. It might come in handy sometime. <laughs> well, I was not allowed, and most of you were not. There's still a few here that was able to see Brother Branham. But most of us were not allowed to be there. But still yet, we can still receive the prophet's message. And part of the benefit that we will get is not just being so much a personal friend, but being able to have under that influence the true interpretation of the word of God for the age that we live in. So the prophet receives the hidden man according to the book of Revelation and he has a little special inspiration from the presence of God and then God gives that inspiration to the prophet and then we that are friends of the prophet, I don't mind telling you children, I'm glad to be a friend of this message. Now, I know a lot of folks have turned enemies against it and there's gonna be more as we go along and it's gonna break our hearts as we go, but just get ready for it. It's got to happen. But there's gonna be folks that are gonna be friends of this message right up to the end. And actually, that's what the rapture is. It's a gathering of family and friends. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, I have called you my friends because you are an intimate connection was what I have on my heart. Now notice how Jesus relates this then. So he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Now what you notice now it comes on down. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, Jesus doesn't say it here, but he goes on later in Matthew and said, he that receives them, one of the least of these, or does something to the least. So it starts with a prophet, and then a great righteous man, then he comes right on down to the least, which is me and probably most of you, but we're still covered in the blanket coverage. So you see, whenever the Lord Jesus is now looking at what? What are we talking about? The government. We're talking about the government. Will I ever have a position like Brother Branham? Lord, no, I don't want that kind of position. I'm not called to that kind of a position. I'm not called to have a position like a lot of great men, but I do have a position. And I want to be faithful to what I'm called to do. How many wants to be? And those that receive the servants of God under the law of God, it will pay off for you. As a matter of fact, it may not be too much longer the way all the signs of the times and stuff are looking that you're gonna get a real reward. It'll be a prophet's reward, a righteous man's reward, an obedient reward. It's gonna be a ward of the ultimate. You're gonna get your body changed. 
Oh, my. Hallelujah. Notice Jesus again in Luke chapter 10, verse 16. He that heareth you. Wow. Heareth me. He that despiseth you. Friends, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that we, we take this at face value. But Brother Donnie, you make so many mistakes and, and Brother Brennan was a human and he had that human element there and, 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 and Paul had that human element and Peter had it. And, yeah, you're right. Just like every ambassador we've ever had in the United States. So it's not the humanity. It's not the human mistakes. It's what they represent and what they're trying to do with all of their heart. So if there's any person here tonight that's free from mistake, please stand. I was hoping there wasn't going to be nobody dumb enough to do this. I'm fixing to jerk my belt off and wear you out. I'm going to cast that lying devil off of you first. I'm going to beat the fire out of you. <laughs> there are no perfect people. There are no perfect pastors. There are no perfect churches. And if you ever find one, don't move there because you'll mess it up. Sure as the world. But I'm going to tell you before you go there, there are none. There never was one perfect prophet. There never was one perfect pastor. There's only one perfect Lord Jesus and all the rest of us are looking to him for our perfection. So friends, where does that put people in this age that despises our prophet messenger? Not only the prophet now, but his pastors, his evangelists, his teachers. Oh my goodness. Oh, it, 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 you just, you wouldn't hardly believe it. But you can't you can imagine in your mind how the fivefold ministry is so criticized, ridiculed, and made fun of by those who identify themselves as tape only. You cannot believe the jokes that are told about preachers. And these people listen to tapes every day, day and night, day and night, day and night, and life. Not, everybody, not all of them, but I've heard many of them through the years. And to realize one day they're going to walk before the Lord Jesus and he's going to look at them and say, why did you laugh at my pastor's? Why did you laugh at my evangelists and made fun of them? And you said, well, why in the world would you want to hear some old preacher somewhere when you got the perfect word on tape? And they'll say back to you, if you'd listened to those tapes, you'd have known why they preached because your messenger told them, preach the word. <laughs> Brother Branham said, say what the tapes say. How can I do that if I do it by just pushing a button? I've got to say, come on somebody. 
Come on, somebody. Brother Ram said, I know. I see my end out yonder, and I know these young men will take this same message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord Jesus. The government of Jesus Christ is not a tape player. The government of Jesus Christ on the earth is not a bunch of men that are businessmen. Come on, somebody that's trying to tell the bride what to do, but it's God called men and women filled by the Holy Ghost that are living this word day by day. They live right. They walk right. They do what God calls them to do. That's the ones that's going in the rapture and the others are going to be left sitting here. That's his government. Praise the Lord. You see, when God's people receive God's ministers, they're welcoming the king's ambassadors into their home. So you imagine how it was when Golda Meir received America's great representative. He doesn't go to meet her in the Knesset. He goes to meet her in her home. She's wanting planes. She's wanting missiles. She's wanting all kinds of things to use against her neighbors because she's totally surrounded by Arabs and every one of them want to see them annihilated. So she's in the kitchen making honey cakes. She doesn't look like a representative. She doesn't maybe look like the prime minister, but she was. So she brings him out some honey cakes and they go to talking. She brings him out something to drink and she says, we want this. And no, 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 we, we can't do that. No, 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 we'll, we'll get in trouble with Saudi Arabia and we can't do this. She just keeps laying on the food and the drink, making more honey cakes and more honey cakes. By the time she got done with our great representative, she got everything she wanted. It looked totally impossible because he went there with his mind made up, but she was determined. Her nation needed to survive. Let me tell you one thing, children. Oh, as the people of God, you know what you have need of in your life tonight, many of you. Maybe you're saying you don't even know what you need. Grab a hold to the power of God and say, Lord, I ain't letting go. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need the Holy Ghost. My husband needs saved. My wife needs saved. I ain't letting go. Come on, pile the worship on top of it. Oh, Jesus, I love you so much, Lord. I ain't letting go to my wife is filled with the Holy Ghost. I I ain't letting go till my husband is saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I ain't letting go. Keep piling on the honey cakes, honey. Amen. Keep piling them on. He'll give you the F-14 Tomcats. He'll give you the Hellcat missiles, and it'll blow hell pub apart. 
<laughs> oh, I can see him as he goes in and he sits down at that little small table. And he opened up his diplomatic papers and there's his name all over everything. Washington's waiting to hear what he's got to say. He represents the president. He represents millions of Americans. He represents Congress. He represents the Senate. But he has the power to allocate or say no. But the way she was looking at it, no was not an option. I wish some of us had that same attitude. No, ain't an option. Praise be to God. They'll find yourself, we'll do this. She said, I want more. We'll do this, I want more. Come down to the table and they said, if you promise to give me this recipe, You imagine trading a recipe for F-14 fighters. <laughs> trading a recipe, oh glory to God. You may look like you ain't got nothing to offer, but he says, will you give me your praise? Will you give me your love? Oh glory to God, will you give me your adoration? Oh water my seed, I'll bring healing. I'll bring miracles among you. I'll bring the supernatural among you if you'll give me your praise. If you'll give me your love. Will you get down on your knees? Will you raise your hand? Oh nobody else is doing it. I don't care if none of you worship God, I'm going to. I don't care if none of you say praise the Lord, I'm going to. I've got a need, I've got a need. Hallelujah. So she was focusing on him. Not on Mr. Johnson. Not on the Secretary of Defense. Not on the Secretary of Education. Or the Secretary of Housing. He was the representative of the United States of America. And he held a pen in his hand and his signature on the bottom meant they would get everything he promised. Amen. Oh, if you could look as men of God that they are representatives of heaven. I ain't got no power. None of the rest of these preachers has got any power as far as power for us to do it. But I do have authority. This man wasn't the president, he wasn't the vice, he wasn't a lot of other men. This man there that people would tremble at their name, but he represented them men of power. And God used that man. God, it must have been the presence of the Lord that come in our humble little home because they was going to need him in a little while. 
Because all hell was fixing to break loose on Israel. If we could come to this place and realize, I ain't going to hear Donnie Reagan. I ain't going to hear Daryl Ward, Joe, Joel. I it, it, it ain't that so much. I'm going to hear heaven's ambassadors. Praise God, you young people, when you come, I'm not coming just to you're my favorite young preacher. I'm coming to hear heaven's ambassadors. Amen, I'm coming to your men of God that represent the embassy of the new Jerusalem. Praise the Lord! I don't represent Nashville. I don't represent Washington, D.C. I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Most High God. That's when, my friends, we will start seeing things like we've never seen before. (laughs) Brother Branham knew the time would come. And he spoke about it one Sunday morning. And he comes back that Sunday night and he said, I felt so inspired when I said it this morning that one day divine love, I'll read it to you maybe Sunday, Divine love would so get a hold to the church. He said, then the gifts, you won't focus on them. He said, don't seek the gifts, seek the giver. But he said, one day that divine love will come into the church. And he said, then you'll see healing the sick, raising the dead, open the eyes of the blind. Because then it won't be us operating just gifts. Well, this man's greater and this man's littler and this man's in the medium. It'll be divine love himself. Oh, some of you's wondering and you're pondering and you're trying to figure it out. Brother Donnie, when are we going to ever come to speaking the word, speaking the word? How are you going to speak the word if people don't recognize who they're talking to and who's preaching and who's anointed? If your faith will never go higher than laying hands on the sick, I'll do that because I love you. But what if you could move to a sphere where you can walk up and say, speak the word. Huh. Now you're getting scared, ain't you? Why? Why? Go to my ear, look at that man. She knew all of America was behind him. She didn't need millions of residents to show up on her steps. She needed one man. I can see it as it's going through the air. And it seems like a normal flight. But all of a sudden, the pilot begins to experience something unusual in that flight. As they start coming near Memphis. Wasn't turbulence. Wasn't low on fuel. It wasn't check the engine light. But it was an old black sister down there in that little old shanty town. Oh, Lord. 
Oh, Lord. You see my boy? Oh, Lord. I like that shoot of my woman. But where's your Elijah? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You imagine them having to come down and boy, the prophet don't know what in the world's going on. I'm gonna be late. Oh, no, he ain't. He's gonna be right on time. So he's gonna mail some letters and oh, hallelujah. And the spirit says, just go this way, go down this way. You remember the story gets down there to that little old house. It didn't look like a great big mansion. It didn't look like a fine. Let me tell you one thing, friends. I don't care what we own in this life, how nice our car is. I hope that we have the kind of faith that we could ground an airplane, that we could put a jet plane on the ground and say, Lord, God, I've got a need. I've got a need. Send a man of God my way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So here he goes down through there. One of them. I'm so glad. Morning, Parson. How'd you know I was a Parson? So now I've been standing here waiting on you. Do on her back. Let me tell you something, Jen. We look at our worth and our value. What good's that do us if we ain't got faith? What great our name is, our wealth we leave for our children to fight over. I want the kind of faith that can go right up to the throne of God and get a hold to Jesus' lapel and say, somebody do something for Donnie. Somebody go down there and help Donnie. He's in need. Is that what you want? Oh my, I don't want to just have a great name of this and that and the other. I want to have a reputation in heaven that when I pray, the angel said, look out, Donnie's praying. Look out, Jack's praying. Look out, Dan's praying. Look out. Hallelujah. Said, so I'd be like that, that woman in the Bible. See, you heard about her? Yes, sister, I've heard about her. Said, so, well, you see my boy. He went wavered. He's got this disease. I said, would you come in? I said, yes, ma'am. He said, I've been in palaces. I've been here and there. And I never felt more welcome in my life. Uh-oh. When a man of God feels welcome in your home, that means the angels of God feel welcome. You got the kind of house and a man of God walks in and he can tell. I don't you think I'm some kind of spook or some type of spiritual nut. But I've walked in many message homes I didn't know if I was, I didn't know where I was at. By the feeling that you feel something not right, something unclean, something ungodly. The prophet said, if you want angels to visit your home, you gotta have the right kind of home. My, we want to have the kind of homes in the word of life, church, that the angels of God are around our breakfast table. They're around our lunch table. They're around our dinner table. The angels of God feel so welcome. Praise God. 
You remember the story. You pray for him. He said, Sister, won't you pray first? And he said, Friend, you could tell she had talked to him before. What a reputation for Elijah to have. Did you ever notice in any of the times he relates to that story? He doesn't comment about how many quotes she could quote. I've never found one spot where he says how my greater memory was in quoting the Greek and the Aramaic and the Hebrew and all that sort of thing. But what was noticeable to him about her was she had talked to him before. And she was able to bring something down. Don't you understand what that woman's faith done? She grounded that airplane. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, don't sit there and look at me like that. I just read it yesterday. He said her faith grounded that airplane. She had such faith with God. It wasn't radar. It wasn't a checking engine light. Her face got a hold of that and God said, who's in the area? Who's in the area in their Memphis? Oh, it just works out. My Elijah prophet's in the area. Hallelujah. Well, go ahead and ground that jet plane and we'll put his schedule on hold. I've got a daughter down there that needs deliverance. People receive God's ministers. They welcome the king into their home. Lord God. Now will you pray? Well, yes, sister. Bowed his head, prayed a simple prayer. He was laying there, oh, Ah. said he thinks he's out on a sea and it's real dark and she took her hand and laid it over on this head of this black brother boy brother man said he's a big boy said she laid her head over her and said, said mama's baby I thought he said I thought yeah no matter how big he is how wrong he's done but he's still mama's baby. It's dark. And then God's representative. She didn't need tomahawk missiles. She didn't need Tomcat 14s or 810 Avenger warthogs. She needed Elijah with the ability to touch the heart of God. And it went from, oh, oh, to, mama, it's getting light in here. Mama, it's getting light in here. The representative, hallelujah, he represented the kingdom of light. Satan, the king of darkness, had sent his angelic power and pulled that boy into a world of darkness, but God had an ambassador of light. You remember a couple of years later when he's going down through the train station, he's going up there and there he said, some little red cap come out and say, Parson Bradham, Parson Bradham. He said the meals on that train was so high, he got off the train, he said to get him some of them sack of hamburgers. And he said, that was this little boy holiday. He said, Parson Bradham, Parson Bradham. He said, yes, son. He said, don't you remember? He said, I don't remember you. He said, don't you remember so long ago, you come to my house, he said, 
You know, that boy said, yes, and I's be a Christian now. Well, is anybody else in here gonna say, I's be a Christian now. I be the son of God. I, I be the daughter of God. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm a right to the kingdom of God. And I's got a need tonight too, Lord. I's got a need tonight. You see, if a man or woman receives a man of God, he's receiving God's representative and God's ambassador. You see, often opposition to a pastor or an evangelist or especially a prophet actually shows people's opposition to God. Oh, they don't think it's that way. They think it's that man. But it's actually their opposition to God's government on the earth. Oh, I wonder if it would be possible while we're in his presence we could be able to open our hearts tonight. There's several ambassadors of the king in this building. I don't mean that an ambassador is more of a, that man that was there was no more than American than any other farmer or whatever in America. But it was his position. His position. Let me read you this in Discernment of Spirit, 1960, knowing surely that in the day of judgment we will be brought face to face with this generation and being ministers, we will be judges. And the people to which we have spoken to and their attitude toward the word that we bring them will determine their eternal destination. Friends, you see how serious this is. When a man of God is bringing you the word, do you understand how serious that is? I'm not talking about his opinion. I think, I feel, I believe. I'm talking about bringing you the word of God. And the people to which we have spoken to and their attitudes toward the word that we bring them will determine their eternal destination. Now he's praying this to God. Therefore, Lord, in that day, we will be a judge for or against the generation that we preach to. Do you understand that I will stand in the day of judgment against those who have sat in our church and turned their back on this message and walked away? I, along with others, will stand there and be a witness against them, as so you will. But what if you've been true? What if you've been faithful? And I turn around and I go to walking before him. And I turn around this way and look. And there you all are. Let me turn around and be able to say, come on children. 
Come on. And then we'll go gather together under the auspices of the ministry of the seventh angel. Every pastor, every evangelist of this age that's told the truth, gather their trophies. And there we'll be standing by the millions. And we'll all stand there under the auspices of the star. We have seen his star in the West. And we didn't come to worship the star, we come to worship him. And there we will stand, all the true men of God. And then under the auspices of that church age messenger, he will turn and say, Lord Jesus, these are your people. Oh, Lord God. I saw them in the sixth dimension when I was able to go years and years before I was taken there. And they told me then, one day you'll be judged and you'll be, if you're accepted, and you will be. We'll go in on your teaching. You imagine as we stand there in the millions and the prophet will start taking a step and then the men of God behind him and the saints of God and there we'll all go just walking up into the presence of the great king. There will come Paul. There will come Arrhenius. There will come all the church age messengers. Remember in the sixth dimension, Brother Bram never saw Luther's group. He never saw Wesley's group. He only saw his and we'll stand there in our ranks, in our battalions. Remember, the prophet tells us in, in heaven, there are ranks in heaven. So people that have problems with rank in this life, guess what? They miss heaven. Because they have a problem with God's government. I won't be preaching there, but I will always, always, so will every other God called man have a position in God because it's not just time. It's an attribute that is forever. So for those of you in this message that don't like me, you better get your heart right with God. Because whether you like it or not, I'm gonna be in heaven. And I'm going to be in the same age that you are. And you ain't going to be on one side of that age and me on the other side. God may plant me right next door to you, be your next door neighbor. <laughs> but don't worry, there won't be nobody there with an attitude. All attitudes are done, be gone. Come on, saints. Oh, my. Let me read this and we'll close. Matthew 18, 18. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So heaven doesn't necessarily listen to a president or a king or a queen. Listen, angels aren't even given this. Matthew 18, 19, again, I say unto you that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done of them from my Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. John 20, 23, whosoever sins ye 
remit. They are remitted unto them. Friends, this ain't skim milk. Now who are we talking about? We're talking to the representatives of heaven. And people think they can treat men of God like a piece of trash. And they can disrespect them and dishonor them and think they're fine with God. You disrespect God's men, you disrespect God. Listen, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins ye retain, they can scream and holler and run and jump and shout all they want to. Listen, it's the government of Jesus Christ on the earth. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Whew. I'm going to read a little bit more just in case the devil ain't passed out. I'm hoping this next quote will go ahead and uh, just knock him out. You can only serve God as you do and believe the servants that God sends. You can only serve God on earth as God's servants that sent on earth by divine inspiration interpret God's word to you. You see, that's why we didn't need another commentary of the Bible. We didn't need another Bible scholar. We didn't need another Bible teacher. We needed a prophet of God. Let's stand. Let me read it again. You can only serve God on earth as God's servants that sent on earth by divine inspiration interpret the word to you. You believe that? You want to put down some scriptures for it? 1 Corinthians 14, 16, Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. Also chapter 11, verse one, Luke 10, 16. See what he said? Jesus said there in Luke 10, 16, he that heareth you, heareth me. He that despises you, despises me. He that despises me, despises him that sent me. Look what the prophet says. That proves that God speaks his message through his Servants always has. So he can't change today, can he? <laughs> so, what do y'all need tonight? Now, I went through Burger King on Monday. I ordered a large drink. Now, you know how Burger King has changed their little jingle deal, you know, whenever you come through. Welcome to Burger King, where you rule. Any of y'all been through Burger King since they've done that? Okay. Where you rule. So I ordered a large drink. And the lady said, sir, I'm sorry, we don't have no large cups. I said, all right, give me a medium. So I go up to the window to pay and there's a woman there that I know a little bit, you know, just by coming through there. 
And I said, so ma'am, I wanted a large drink. But y'all ain't got no large cups. I said, so really, even though you all tell me I rule, I don't rule, do I? She said, that is so funny. Well, I wasn't too tickled about it. So I go through there today. I'm going to come over to the church to do a little bit of work, and I wanted another large drink. And the woman said, I'm sorry, we ain't got no large lids. So you know what I'm finding out about Burger King? I only rule as long as the supplies last. Let me tell you one thing. Our God is not short on anything. He ain't short on healing. He ain't short on miracles. Well, praise the Lord. He ain't short on the new birth. He ain't short on the Holy Ghost. So what do you need tonight? You need healing. You need deliverance. Whatever you need, the king is here. And I am only one of his ambassadors. But I do know this. I do represent the greatest king that has ever been on the earth. And I represent a kingdom unlike Napoleon which would come to an end. Unlike the kings and queens of the earth that will come to the end. I represent a king whose kingdom was before the foundation of the world and will never be destroyed. You love him with all your hearts. So, do we want to obey the law of God? Don't just come to church expecting to hear a man. But Brother Donnie, every preacher I ever heard had mistakes. Yeah, I know. Remember, Brother Fred was texting back and forth the other day. Many of them have good conversations back and forth about the word. He's talking about nature, seeing God in nature. Send me a bunch of quotes, beautiful quotes. You know, Brother Bram said, you can see God in nature. But you know what I also see in nature? Death. I see freezing temperatures. Plants being killed. People having wrecks on slick roads. So I see God in human beings. But what do I see in nature? I see God using a flawed nature. Look out here at our beautiful mountains. What happened to that beauty? Y'all think they're beautiful now? You need to get your eyes checked. They're at their ugliest stage right now. But we know it won't be long. Buffalo Mountain will be beautiful again. There'll be another spring. Is that right? But we still believe God is in his nature, do we not? So we look at one another and sometimes our flesh, and it's hard for us to see God through our old stinking humanity. But if you can see God in wintertime, and you can see God in storms, and you can see God in lightning, and you can hear God in the thunder, and you can see God with the earth tilted over on its axis, then surely we should be able to see God in flawed humanity. God speaking through a preacher, God using a flawed song leader, a flawed piano player, a flawed organ player, a flawed bunch of people sitting in the pews, flawed deacons, flawed trustees, flawed, 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 Lord, Lord, Lord. But God manifesting himself in a flawed humanity and doing things through them flawed humans he could never do through sinless, holy, purified angels. Do you understand when Brother Darrell Ward stands before the throne of God? 
God will say things about that son of God that he could never say about the greatest archangel, the greatest cherubim, soon. Men of God that travel. Brother Jack Bent, when he stands there, he can't travel hardly no more. But when he stands there and all the souls will rally behind Brother Jack, all the trips that he's made to the Philippines and up in them jungles and all them saints stand there and the Lord go to, oh, Brother Jack, I want to be near you, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you imagine them angels will stand there which never said one bad word, never had one bad thought in their life. And God will reward our brother Jackie Benton with a reward and the cherubs will stand there just... Because God chooses flawed things to do his greatest work with. That gives me hope. That gives us hope, don't it, Brother Greg? Don't it, Brother Jonathan? Don't it, Carol? Don't it, Brother Melvin? Brother Skip? Don't it give us hope? Hallelujah. Spare it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But Brother Donnie, what if you ever leave the word and can't be corrected? That's simple. The prophet said you follow your pastor till he leaves the word. The man leaves the word, you leave the man. What's hard about that? Come on, saints. If Brother Branham would have left the word, we would have left him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And the saints in that age never found where he ever left the word. Even though some of the things that he said, they couldn't find nobody else that said them. But unlike some of the smart addict theologians around the message who think they know more about it than our prophet messenger, you know, friends, I'm convinced a lot of the folks have said they believe this message don't really put the prophet of God of our age on the same level as prophets of other age. They simply take his teaching as some kind of, you know, Bible study. And Well, I, I, I take that and I take that. And where are you going to stand when you stand before God that day? There's a difference in a prophet saying, thus saith the Lord, and a prophet's teaching. His teaching. We not only have thus saith the Lord's in this message, but we have the teachings of the message. The Ten Commandments were the only ones that God wrote by his own finger. The rest of them Moses wrote by inspiration. Were they not as inspired? So what if the people said, well, I'm only taking them ten. I don't want the rest of them. Come on, somebody. If it comes right down to it, I'll take the prophet's word over yours or mine or anybody else's. Come on, somebody. Oh, my. How many want your heart open to the Lord tonight? Look, friends, let's receive God's word. The devil's going to do everything he can to question the credibility of this prophet messenger before us. Why? If he questions his credibility, then what he had to say is worthless. If you cannot trust a man, I don't care what he says and what he does. 
If you can't trust him, what difference does it make? That's why Satan is on the rampage to try to make us as the followers of this word question the credibility of this message. Well, I don't know about you. He's come too late for me. Praise the Lord. I done burn all my bridges and blowed them up. Ain't no way back. Why in the world would I want to go back to Pentecost? Why in the world would some of y'all want to go back to Baptist? Come on now. And I don't want to go back to a message version of Baptism or a message version of Pentecostalism. I've done been there and seen what that produced. Be no turning back from me. Praise God. Let's bow our heads if you would. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth tonight from whence we were taken, This is one of the sad parts of being a preacher. I realize that I will stand that day and give an account of what I've said tonight. I know there's people that stream our services and some that archive them and they go back only to try to find fault and trying to see what they can find. I feel sorry for them, Lord, because instead of hearing the truth and trying to hear correction, They're looking for mistakes. No doubt I give them a bunch tonight. Because I ain't never preached a perfect sermon. Been preaching nearly 40 years. And I've never preached one perfect sermon. I've preached thousands of them. To tens of thousands of people around the world. And I've never had a perfect one. They've been flawed and I've misquoted things or missaid things. Not intentionally. Just the human element. Just like to do the prophet. They look for mistakes and look for errors. Spend years of their life trying to find. Well, he said right here, there's so many people there. And over here he said something else. See, he's a liar. No, it means he's a human being like all the rest of us. I wonder how many of us tell our stories and how they change over the years. And we remember them happening a certain way when we was 10 years old. And if somebody videoed that story we're telling at 10 and would show it back to us at 50, we'd say, that video's a lie. There ain't no way that's the truth because we committed it to memory wrong. And when we recall it, we recall it in the wrong way. And we tell it over and over and over again. And we would absolutely die that it was the fact. That ain't what you base your word on, Lord. You don't base it on the recall of men. Matthew says there was two blind men there. The other writer says there was one. The four accounts of the Gospels recording the very same incident. One says it was a purple robe. The other one says it was a scarlet. Which is it? It's not the same color at all. Shows how ignorant some of the people are. If they really knew their Bible, they'd know their Bible's written in the same way to blind the mind of the wise and prudent. We don't want just the verses. We don't want just the chapters. We want the author. And if the author's living in our soul, then those things which the world points at and says this ain't right and that ain't right and that ain't right, why to us all we see is a love letter from our Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Lord God, may Carol and I always have a home where the angels of God can visit. May I have a walk with you, Father, where your Spirit can deal with me every day of my life. I have been one blessed man in my walk with you, Lord. There's hardly a week goes by in my life, and that's happened since I was just a boy, that I haven't heard from heaven. Sometimes day after day, you'll speak to me. Then you'll go silent for a few days, and here you'll come again. I count it such an honor to have been able to hear the voice of God throughout my walk with you. I've been given great friends. I've been given the ability to hear the greatest message that has ever swept the earth. Thank you, Father. I am not ashamed of this message, nor am I ashamed of this messenger. As Paul told Timothy, be not ashamed of what I say or be not ashamed of me. So there already must have been an element of reproach that was moving in the first church age. And Paul had to remind young Timothy to not be ashamed of him. No doubt people was critical of Timothy quoting a prophet because to Timothy it was more than just books. It wasn't a commentary. It was the word of the Lord. No doubt it was very humiliating and embarrassing to say, well, where is your mentor? This Paul that you're telling us about, where is he? Uh, he um, well, um, he, 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 um, he, he's doing a prison term. He's in prison. It must have been embarrassing. It must have been humiliating. But they didn't look at that. They looked at what that man had to say. Lord God, may we as your people look beyond Brother Darrell's frailty, Brother Joel, Brother Joe. Lord, these other ministers that are here at our church, Lord, these young men feeling a pull in their hearts, may they look beyond mine as I look beyond theirs. May we look beyond the humanity of your servants around the earth. May we look, oh God, to their packing the message of the king. Would it really matter to us if the king sent us a message, if the messenger was to stutter, or if the messenger didn't have the best etiquette, and the messenger didn't have the best ability? I don't imagine the gold of my ear really mattered to her, or that great ambassador was left-handed, right-handed, whether he combed his hair to the left or to the right, or whether he had one hair on his head or not. What she was interested in was his authority. Her country needed help. And she was going to do everything in her power to pull on that man. Lord Jesus, we need help tonight. We're living in a dark age, a sinful age. We need help. We need help, Lord Jesus. We need healing. We need deliverance. We need courage. We need strength. I need you, Lord, like never before. Hallelujah. Pass by this way, Lord God.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody's praying, Lord, won't you come by here? Somebody's praying, Lord, won't you come by here? Somebody's praying, Lord, won't you come by here? Oh, Lord, hallelujah, come by. I need you, Lord. Oh, yes. I need you, Lord. Maybe their blood pressure's been high, Lord. Come by here. Maybe they got a bad report from the doctor, Lord. Won't you come by here? Oh, maybe it's a besetting sin, Lord. Won't you come by here? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Somebody's praying, Lord, please come by here, oh, Lord, oh, come by here, your people Come by here. 
mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody I went down the deepest valley Looked all around, couldn't find nobody all over couldn't find nobody looked high and low still couldn't find nobody cause there's nobody greater there's nobody greater nobody greater than you no sickness is greater nobody's greater nobody greater than you nobody can heal me like you Jesus nobody can touch me like you Jesus there's nobody greater There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Oh, there's nobody greater, there's nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Can you raise your hand? say it. There's nobody greater. There's nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. This is your house. 
Father, come and dwell. This is your house. Mm. A holy house of prayer. Where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares. This is your house. This is your house. Come and dwell. We dedicate this temple to you. to glory fill this sanctuary be enthroned in the praises of your Where the lost stand 
saying this part of the book means this and this part of the book means that and the man in the audience said no that's not right that's not the way it is at all and so he said something else and the man said no that's that's not right that's not what that chapter means and he spoke up the guy giving the book review he spoke up and he said who are you he said I'm the author I wrote the book <laughs> tonight we didn't hear a book review we have heard from the author this is what's in his book this is what this chapter means, saints of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. And the Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe tonight? How many believers are in the building tonight? Then the same authority is given to every believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. Then let's stand to our feet tonight. Lay your hands on one another. And we're going to pray for one another. We're going to exercise our God-given rights as sons and daughters of God. It's not some fancy furrow, some goosebumps, some raised hair. It's simply taking God at his word. If thou can believe all things 
things are possible to them that believe. And Jesus said, do you now believe? And I say, yes, Lord. We now believe that thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we stand here tonight as sons and daughters of God. And it's written in your word, Lord, that these signs shall follow them that believe. And Father God, we stand here tonight as believers. And we believe every promise of your word. And tonight we lay hands upon one another. And may the great Holy Spirit, that same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave. May that same anointing tonight flow from one to the other to the other. May sickness begin to leave the building. May oppression leave the building tonight. May depression leave the building tonight. High blood, low blood, sugar, diabetes, cataracts, glaucomas, or whatever it would be tonight. There is nothing that's too, that is not, that our God cannot do tonight. There is nothing too great that our God can't do. We serve an awesome God tonight. And Father God, we don't come on some man's authority, but we come on the authority of the word of God that was given to us as sons and daughters of God. And we say, Satan, no more. You have tormented my brother, but we say no more. You have tormented my sister, but we say no more. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke you and resent you being in our midst tonight. Leave the people for the glory of God. We ask, Father God, tonight that you would honor our faith as we stand, Lord, in obedience to your word. We're not basing it upon an emotion. We're not basing it upon a sensation, but we're basing it upon thus saith the word of God. And the word of God will be true, God, 100 times out of 100. It'll never fail us tonight. So, Father, we walk out here in obedience to thy word, believing that everything we've asked for tonight, we can receive it, dear God, because the author that wrote the book is here to confirm the book in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. I am free. The blood of the Lamb has made me free. I receive it tonight. I receive my healing. I receive my deliverance. I receive my freedom tonight in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. Do you believe it tonight? Then lift your hands and thank you for it. Thank you for it tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We saw cancers disappear. We saw prodigals come home. Don't you tell me our God cannot do it. Don't you tell me, hallelujah, he can do it tonight. Cancers can disappear. Fear can leave the people. Hallelujah, mental illness can leave our young people tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, we believe it, Lord. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen him do it. He's the awesome God. There is no God like our God tonight. Hallelujah. Do you love him, friends? Isn't he wonderful? Oh, let's just worship him right before we go. I know it's getting late, but we're in the presence of the king tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Water the word with your praise. Water the word tonight with your praise. Let it sink deep down into your soul. Hallelujah. You've not heard from a man, but you've heard from God tonight. I believe it with all our hearts. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. Sing something for us, buddy. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, rain down. Oh, won't you rain down? Oh, comforter and friend. How we need your touch. 
of the blind and causes the lame to walk restores life to the dead opens oh my opens the dumb that they can speak and the ears that they can hear takes drunks makes preachers out of them oh blessed be the name of the lord forever and ever thank you lord jesus tonight thank you lord jesus tonight we believe there'll be great testimonies from this service lord we believe there'll be many testimonies of this service, for that's the kind of God that you are, Lord. Hallelujah. You always reach further down than we could ever reach up, Lord. How we thank you for it tonight, God. Amen and amen. Have you enjoyed the word of God tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just bow once more in your presence, we thank you, Lord, that you're a faithful high priest, that you care, Lord. We're so grateful tonight, God, to know that the same God that gave the widow woman her son back is the same God who reigns in our hearts tonight. And Lord, we are so grateful that in this generation when people don't even know where to turn, Lord, when something's even posted and somebody will even have to ask, is this real or artificial intelligence? And the world is staggering in confusion. 
We are so glad that you're the light, Lord, that leads us out of the darkness, that you have given us stability, that you've given us peace, assurance, comfort, Lord, that no matter what happens, no matter what 2024 brings, you've still got it all in control. So, Lord, we just commit everything, our hearts, our lives, our families, our children, our grandchildren, our businesses, everything that we have, Lord. We surrender it into your hands, knowing you know how to take care of it, Lord. You know how to, we just give it to you. And, Lord, even in our sickness, Lord, and even in the doctor's reports, when they scratch their head and say, we really don't know what to do, I'm so glad that Isaiah has given us a report that we can trust, that we can hang our souls on, Lord, knowing heavens and earth will pass away, yet thy word shall never fail, Lord. Go with your children tonight, Father. Thank you for the word of God that we heard. Thank you, oh God, for an ambassador such as Brother Donnie Reagan, Lord. Oh God, that he would surrender himself, that you could speak through him, Lord's precious, wonderful words of life. We ask God that you'd renew his strength, Lord. We pray, dear God, that you'd come to him and visit him tonight, Lord, and renew him and strengthen him. And when he rises in the morning and refreshed in your presence, go with your children tonight, Lord, those that were prayed for in the congregation. May we go out, Lord, receiving the greatest Christmas package that has ever been given. That you wrapped yourself, God, and gave it to humanity. And Father, we have opened that tonight into our hearts to receive everything that you gave us through Jesus Christ. And Father God, we sign our name to the bottom of every check that you've already signed, Lord, and we send it up to the bank of heaven tonight, knowing, God, that the funds are sufficient. You will keep your word. Go with your children now, Lord, and may we go forth in this new year with a greater zeal, a greater desire, and a greater commitment to give ourselves away, not to the world, Lord, but to you. And Father, you see those tonight that are afflicted at home with the flu and running fevers and vomiting. God, I pray by the rising of the sun, may every fever be gone. May every upset stomach be settled. And may they stand, Lord, in the presence of the rising sun and raise their hands to the God who hears the prayers of his people. Granted tonight, Lord, I ask you, Father. I wouldn't ask you if I didn't think you could do it, but I ask, Lord, because I believe you're more than able. Granted tonight, Lord, we pray. Go with your children. Give them safety now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's just sing that some more as you're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Holy Spirit, rest.